Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to Grassroots Marketing, CannabisRio.com, and our continuing coverage of NoCo Hemp Expo 2023. And I believe this is the last interview we'll be conducting from studios because after this, uh, the next set of interviews you'll be hearing on the program will be featured by uh, several members of our roving reporting team that will be on site. Yeah, we're, not, we're after this, we will have interviews on site from the Broadmoor and Colorado Springs for the 2023 NOCA Expo. We're especially grateful and glad to have uh, Morgan, uh, Morgan Coffey, who is Chief Science Officer for Star Hemp and Star e Extractions, and the founder of Rio, Jonathan Bischoff, who will be also reporting on location from the event. So you'll be hearing interviews on the show floor coming up on upcoming episodes here on Grassroots Marketing as part of this coverage. Uh, my next guest is no stranger to Cannabis Radio. He's been on this many times before. Cannabis are basically say a friend of the program or the network. And the last time we had him on was uh, High Society with Paxton Quickly back in April of 2021. So it's been a little bit and a lot of things have happened. Where, uh, But we're here now to go ahead and talk with the chair of the cannabis practice at Clark Hill, Bob Hoban, who's also president and founder of Hoban Law Group. Thanks for being on with us, Bob. No, it's my pleasure. It's good to it's good to connect again, and uh, a lot has happened since we last spoke. And uh, really uh, looking forward to NoCo, as you point out, coming up this week. There's uh, lots of people coming into town, and it's going to be a great show. Right, and now just to give everybody the heads up that you are you also work in Colorado itself proper because uh, you're also a professor at the University of Denver um teaching cannabis policy courses and you've been doing a lot of traveling yourself and you're going to be speaking on two different sessions at noco hemp expo align the message and align the industry and like it or not esg is not going anywhere and hemp can lead the way i want to take yep. that point about esg now mm -hmm. i i'm going to just say this right off the bat i am nonpartisan. okay i am independent but I will read books on any different spectrum of the weather is. And there's one book that has introduced me to the area of environmental, social, and corporate governance. And regardless of what are the audience, you know, whatever your political slants or feelings are, either which way, it's a very important component right now that's been embedded into corporations, into companies like we have now in hemp and cannabis. So 
this is the first time I actually, I don't think I've ever seen any sessions that have brought this kind of information up, but I want to ask you about the fact of how it has been incorporated into the businesses. Now this need for ESG and what is it where you're, when you're saying it's not going anywhere, what is it that you're seeing right now, the importance of it and how it's being made important to companies? Yeah. So, I mean, look, the, the concept of ESG or environmental and social governance, uh, you know, it's really predicated on these, uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals right. and the uh, direction from the World Economic Forum. Uh, but it's also representative of how public companies and new uh, new age or modern day investors view the world. These things are built in. They're, they're sort of axiomatic, if you will, for someone that's looking at investing in a particular industry. And, you know, like anything in the United States, uh, it becomes a political football. And, you know, the people that say, yes, ESG, uh, then, of course, that creates a reason for being for the person on the opposite side of the aisle uh, to say, no, we don't want ESG. And, you know, that's kind of the, the cyclical nature of, of our politics in the United States, which has really gotten a, more, a lot more like a, the WWE or the WWF than, <laughs> than actually anything real these days. But, you know, the, the point is, you know, there's a debate. Uh, you hear our, our House speakers say that, oh, we're going to as soon as as soon as there's a Republican in charge or as soon as we, uh, you know, we have a majority in the Senate, we're going to eliminate these ESG rules and regulations, which are built into the SEC right now. And whether technically yes. they can legally be built in there or not, that's another question. But I would suggest and one of the reasons we talk about this is because it doesn't matter what you think about it. It doesn't matter what, you know, political uh, beliefs you have as it relates to the United States, because this is here. It's law around the world. It's been adopted around the world. So if you want to play in the hemp space in particular, and you want to be involved in international commerce, you're either going to have to do business with people that have to incorporate ESG principles by law into what they do, or you're going to have to agree to it by contract if you want to do business internationally. So it almost Bob, doesn't I want to make matter what the United States quick. Says. I want to sure. make one point off of this point. It's the same idea where outside of the country, we're starting to see now that the passage or the compliance to good manufacturing, good manufacturing practices or GMP in the same sense also follows this, but just to go ahead and let people not, not, not be completely off of the definition. And I want to keep this where we're just talking about this without the political part. And I appreciate sure. the context. You're absolutely correct on this. That's why I even pointed out the fact that it was something that has been used as a political divining rod or, you know, uh, dividing rod on both sides. But set on the principle, and I'll take this from diligent.com, that the environment is only one factor in determining an organization's commitment to sustainability. We talk about sustainability all the time because we know there's that part when it comes to compliance that there are global nuances that drive focus region by region that companies that adhere to these standards agree to conduct themselves ethically in those three areas. Mm -hmm. But it can't yep. be performative. You just can't say, well, we're going to put money towards the cause. No, what you're asking for is that ESG is applied within the companies in the steps that are being done for the business of hemp and cannabis. Exactly. No, no you, you said it exactly right. And, you know, ultimately, like I said, it doesn't matter what we in the United States think about this political football of an issue. It's global in scope. 
And we have to follow those tenets if we expect to engage in international commerce. And that's the basis for this industry. If everyone wants to see the ultimate upside for the hemp plant and see these 50,000 uses come to fruition, then we're going to have to recognize that this is a global, global commoditized uh, plant. And as such, you're going to have to do business by these rules, whether or not you want to, whether or not you believe in the principles of it, it almost doesn't matter. And I come at this thing apolitically as well right. and just look at it to say, uh, do you want to play ball globally? Because that's the opportunity in the space. That's why we're all excited about it to see those 50,000 uses come to fruition. But if you're going to play ball globally, you better incorporate these principles into what you do, not just as a matter of lip service. In the session you're going to have, about and this is people will probably, not, will probably not catch this until afterwards but when you talk about align the message and align the industry how would you define that align the message and align the industry look there's too many people in my opinion in the cannabis space uh, the hemp space in particular that look at this and they say this is the way that the hemp industry needs to be and if it's anything other than what I believe it's going to be, then they have a they find a fault with it. We have to stop attaching to this industry our notions of what we personally believe the industry needs to be and recognize that there's these, again, these 50,000 uses. So, for example, when one segment of the industry is producing Delta 8 products and HHC products and another segment of the industry is looking at CBD and another segment is selling THCA flower, which is really marijuana under the law. Uh, there's really not that much of a distinction there. And the other se segments of the industry are selling fiber and grain. We have to understand that all of these distinct uses need to exist and will exist at the same time. So your perspective colors what you believe the hemp industry is going to be, but you can't hold this, this animosity, this vitriol towards other actors in the space because I'm a grain guy and I don't believe we should be selling Delta 8. We have to recognize that the more that the commodity is, is, uh, is channeled into different uses, uh, that's good. It helps farmers plant something that we know is environmentally friendly and ecologically viable uh, and something we know that, as Jack Harris said, I'm not so sure hemp is going to save the world, but it's the only thing that can. And I'm not so sure he was far off. Right. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because at this moment, the reason I think we're at this this crossroads is because we have no guidance from the federal government. The FDA, they kicked the can down the road in 2018 when the hemp bill was signed into law. And then we're here 2023. We're going to get a re-implementation of it. But we still, uh, you know, at the moment, the FDA commissioner has not given any guidance as of yet. As the last thing I remember, Robert Califf, was supposed to be meeting up with the House Judiciary Committee to ask about why he hasn't done anything yet. Scott Godley didn't do anything. We're, we're just still de- dealing with bureaucrats that, listen, I, I understand well, it's, it's a tough decision. Yeah. I understand that they're they're putting a lot of companies on the line with what they're going to do. But the thing is, for the sake of argument, we need to have some of these bad actors taken out of here. And if there are rules to follow, well, let's follow those rules. Well, right. I mean, this is what we're seeing. So so take the Delta 8 example, right? Yeah. You see the initial thing that states do is they say, this is legislative season. For those listeners that don't know, state legislators don't meet, generally speaking, for an entire year. They meet for a, a few months, usually at the beginning of the year. So this is legislative season. And you have people, they, they came out and they said, let's ban Delta 8. But they quickly, almost immediately changed their tune from let's ban it to Oh, my goodness, if we ban it, it's just going to stay in the black market and be potentially unsafe and be produced by, as you point out, bad actors. So you've got to regulate it. It's the same reason we legalize marijuana. We legalize marijuana because it's being sold and purchased anyway. So then why would you not try to create a safe, consistent environment for those people that want to purchase it and realize tax revenue off of it? It's the exact same scenario. And ultimately, states are going right towards regulation. The concept of a ban is becoming less and less likely in most states. Look at what happened just last week in Kentucky. Of all places, Kentucky is going to allow intoxicating hemp derivatives to enter through the marketplace and be regulated. This is a trend of what's to come. And we believe that more and more states are going to allow this. And it creates a confusing picture when you look at the marijuana side of the industry, which is doing very poorly right now because of saturation and market conditions. Uh, And then you put that up against intoxicating hemp-derived cannabinoids. Uh, It's a brand new world. But the problem, you know what the problem is? Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to say, well, yeah, maybe I see your point. Maybe we need to look at cannabinoids as a whole, regardless of whether they come from hemp or marijuana, because then you're advocating for one side or the other. And this is the problem. These people, they want to take one side and say, if it's not the way I believe it's going to be, then it needs to go away. And they get bad about it. That's the gap we're trying to bridge, is to understand that everybody's on the same team here and that if we allow as many uses from the hemp plant as possible, and ultimately consider new variations on public policy concerning intoxicating cannabinoids, whether they're derived directly from the plant or put through some sort of process, as long as that process is safe, 
like other processes for food and other derivatives, then we're, we're, we're on the right path. And that's ultimately where things are going right now, but much to people's chagrin. So hopefully we can bridge that gap and get everybody to at least understand that their vision, that their corner of the industry is not the only one. And that even if you believe it's the only one, that doesn't mean you try to affect other people's behavior. You do your thing. You know, it just reminds me of back in the day when people would say, oh, you know, I don't think, you know, it goes back to this context of the Howard Stern radio show, right? <laughs> oh, you, Howard Stern shouldn't be on the radio because he says these things. No, you shouldn't listen to Howard Stern. He shouldn't not be on the radio. It's kind of the same concept. It's like, right. if you don't like something, you stay in your lane and do your thing. But if you can recognize that other people have different perspectives, then leave them alone and let them just go. And that's ultimately what it needs to happen here. Yeah. But we're at a, such a point in society, we can go on for hours about how people just feel like, well, no, we just can't allow that to be, Bob. We need to cancel people out. That's the whole. Right. Uh, but, when, right. And, but the problem is, is that that kind of cancel culture, it's been allowed because people have gotten weakened to the fact that they're not pushing back and saying, no, we don't have to listen to you. You want to try exactly. to cancel, but we're not we're not cancelable. You can't do that to us. But now right. let's get back to the point you just made. And I want to bring this point up. Man, you bring up such a good point here. So. The FDA, they recently announced, and this is for marijuana moment, that they're not going to take steps to regulate CBD. So now lawmakers have to do it. And they've already come out with a bipartisan bill, the hemp and hemp-derived CBD Customer Consumer Protection and Market Stabilization Act and the CBD Product Safety and Standardization Act. Mm -hmm. So they were both filed. They were bills, earlier versions that were filed but never advanced to a vote. But like you said, now the lawmakers are going to have to deal with this. So the FDA can't do this. But see, you know, it's interesting. They can they can go ahead and approve psychedelics. They can approve prescription drugs, but they can't move forward on hemp. When you look at this right here, it's it's kind of a shot at cannabis and hemp that the FDA would not touch this. They want to leave this just like legalization, safe banking to the lawmakers. Why is that? Do you think? Well, first of all. Uh, this uh, it's rare that you have a bureaucrat in any agency at any governmental level that has ambition or direction or vision. It just doesn't happen. Um, bureaucrats tend to be people that follow the role, rules. You're better off not making waves and staying in line and just doing what everybody else has done versus com coming out with vision or direction. Now, to the point you made a few minutes ago, though, let's look at what Han and Gottlieb, two former uh, FDA commissioners, had said. They provided, if nothing else, and if it was only words, it didn't matter because it was substantial. They provided direction and leadership. Gottlieb said there will be a pathway for CBD. Han said it would be folly to put this. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, basically, right. was the gist of what, what he said. The point is, you had top-down leadership looking at this saying, this is not going anywhere. We have to address it. We have to figure out how to make this work so that the products that people are consuming anyway are safe and consistent. So there was leadership in those contexts, um, even though it, it may have just been words, but words are powerful at the federal level. So we need to see Cahill or, or, or anybody else really go in and look at how do you direct this thing so that meaningful change can happen and I don't think agencies are equipped with doing it. So that's the way our country's set up. Yeah. That's the way governments are generally set up, that the legislators need to make a decision about direction. And then that provides the direction 
to the leaders of the agencies who are tasked with implementing that vision. So if you can't have leadership from the top, then the legislators got to give it to them. It's kind of like punting on third down in a football game, but it makes sense. And that's frankly how our, our, our government's been, been set up. So um, I do think that legislators need to step up and make hard decisions and point people in the right direction for agencies to fall in line, because you also don't want agencies to just start changing what they do or having vision that's different than what they've done for decades um, on their own without that kind of direction, because those people are not elected officials. And we don't want elected unelected officials making decisions that affect our day to day lives. Bob, I'm going to have you back on. Uh, so we're, we enjoyed Green Peak. We enjoyed High Society. I haven't put you on Blunt Business yet. There's a lot more ground to cover. We're going to do that after you come back from Colorado or from a NOCO Hemp Expo. We're going to do that. But in the meantime, people are going to get a chance to go and hear from you. Again, align the message and align the industry, like it or not. ESG is not going anywhere, and hemp can lead the way. He'll be on, Bob will be on, be on those of those panels. If you want to go and reach out to him, of course, uh, give the website for Clark Hill and for Hoban Law Group real quick. Yeah, uh, ClarkHill.com, uh, as, as it sounds. And uh, ultimately, our consulting firm is Gateway Improvement Strategies, GPS.global. Uh, and we hope to hear from you. And please reach out at any time and look forward to seeing everybody at NOCO. And I got to mention this to you. You also have your own podcast, The Hoban Minute, H-O-B-A-N yes. Minute, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the major uh, places. More than 150 episodes already putting out, and you're doing a couple, a couple of seasons as well. And you're talking to a lot of people when it comes to history, policy, legal matters as well. So love to have you. Love to know that you're in the podcasting space. But like I said, got to have you on as well to go ahead. And we're going to go through all this because there was so much more. You went to Ireland for a cannabis summit. You had, I mean, God, there's just so much going on. There's a lot more to cover. The leaders well, panel, it's my, it's, it's we'll my pleasure talk to talk that. to you. Let, let's, let's get something else on the books, and I look forward to talking with you further. And uh, for those listeners out there, stay tuned. The hemp industry is dynamic. It's moving quickly, and uh, the federal government will, uh, will keep moving forward on policy, whether it likes it or not. So, again, been joined by Robert Hoban, who's – the co-chair of the Cannabis Industry Group for Clark Hill, Hoban Law Group, host of the Hoban Minute, and thanks for being on with us once again. My pleasure. Thank you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.